with a good-looking beard. There's nothing like a man with a good-looking beard. Welcome back to another iteration of Behind the Beard WNC. My name's Patrick Pohl, and joining me as always, Lewis and Mike Anderson, as we hit the summer soiree. The most popular person so far on the podcast has not been Mike Lewis or myself. In fact, it was Carson Jones, and so we've decided to bring Carson back onto the show and talk to him again, make him part of the crew, and and we'll see how that goes from there. And it might wind up being more like a uh, Who is the Missing Link episode now from here on out where maybe at the end we'll have the fans vote off the person they like the least of it, behind the beard. It was a difficult situation. It was a difficult vote to bring on Carson. He has no beard. That's true. You have no beard. In fact, I'm pretty sure Brendan can grow a better beard than uh, Carson. Yes, I have, I, no have, I have no beard, but I do have some WNC in me. So um, hopefully you guys will accept me for who I am and let me come as I am. We were late getting started today. It wasn't even Pat this time. Of course, it, it was Carson. And if you guys don't know, Pat's always the one late. Always. Not true. So now there's two of them that are late, Lewis. We're going to have to deal with. Yeah, it's all right. Well, we don't have any other special guests other than Carson today to talk to, so it's going to return to just kind of a straight-up banter and kind of review some of the other stuff we uh, talked about earlier and then some new topics and whatever else tickles our fancy. But the idea of Behind the Beer WNC, in case you're just joining us, is it's uh, basically just a group of friends that likes to talk about various topics that interest us. A lot of times it's high school sports, but it could be just about anything. We've We've dabbled on vacation spots, grilling. We've talked about... Pro NFL teams, movies, our favorite song when we were in high school. So, you know, all, all bets are off. So if you don't like what you're listening to, obviously you have other options. We just hope you enjoy the entertainment and the idea is for us to entertain ourselves. So there you have it. So when we started this thing, guys, we mentioned that we'd like to get the big, well, maybe what we consider the big three on here as far as coaches. We did it. Yeah, we have, we've done it. We got on Coach Walker. Coach Laws and Coach Radford. So we did it. I know there's a couple more we'd like to get on, but we got the big three. Yeah, and well listened to as well. I learned a lot. I know I, I'm sure you guys did too, but I know I did. It, it, it was it was nice to, to sit down and talk to those guys in a relaxed setting. You know, oftentimes you see the coaches there on the field. They're pretty stressed. They're, they're a little heated, yeah. Yeah, heated. It was nice to have us sit down and, and get to talk to them. It was, I enjoyed it. All th- I enjoyed talking to all three. And I think my opinion of all three of them kind of changed from the interviews. So what do you think, Carson? You listened to them. I did. As you know, as a listener, I thought that um, there was three things. You know, there was one thing that really stood out um, was just how much each of them care about their craft, care about their coach, coaching, care about their program, their kids. Um, they were all very, you know, proud of their programs that they've poured, you know, so much time and and resources into I thought that it was just you know good to hear as from a fan not particularly a big football guy I don't coach high school football I didn't play high school football but he might um, get voted off before the first episode I may may get may get voted (laughs) off for that comment but um, I just football is probably my favorite uh, sport to consume Um, huge football fan I just don't know a lot about X's and O's but each of the coaches I mean I just I think what Lewis just said, I got a different perspective. My opinions changed on all three of them, um, and it was just a really – I mean, kudos to you guys for getting those three coaches on here. 
So, Pat, what was your uh, what was your big takeaway from talking to Coach Lawless? I know you really look forward to that one. Oh, well, yeah, being the, the the Reynolds person at the table here, yes. Um, there were a lot of insights in there, but it was really kind of interesting to hear how he broke down um, not just his methodology for choosing those hard off, you know hard conference games that he sets up at the beginning of the season and what that that's all about, but also when he was going through kind of the uh, recruiting process and and what has happened in in high school recruiting with things like the transfer portal, the COVID year and some of the obstacles that are out there now for all the kids coming up that are aspiring to go that way. When we interviewed Coach Walker, there were 8,144 kids in the transfer portal. Transfer portal. So, Lewis, uh, talking to Coach Loss, what were your thoughts? What, what were the things that stuck out to you? I, I really enjoyed the kind of the off-the-air conversations we had with him. I like his backstory of being the Don and all the, the kind of the joke that the inside kid, the kids carry on about. I really enjoy seeing that personable side of him. You know, I'm used to the X's and O's, the great coach. He, you know, he runs a great program and all that. That off-the-field stuff and the banter that he goes on with the kids it was awesome to see. And really, with all three coaches, the off-air, the off-air conversations were very interesting. Absolutely. Um, you know, something I thought was uh, – cool cool to hear was you always wonder you know these coaches give so much of their time in their life while they're coaching to their respective schools and programs but you know him him just seeming like a real human wanting to go i think he said mentioned going skiing for two weeks um with his wife about how that's something that they just would want to be in a position because you know the that's the question is well who's going to take over rentals and what's when shane gonna when shane gonna leave because it's going to leave on his terms when he feels that he's he's done all that he's you know wanting to accomplish and whatnot um and i just thought that was cool to hear that you know there's something about him and his wife and going to spend two weeks of uninterrupted time out on the slopes and it really made me want to get into skiing and snowboarding to be honest so a couple of things i i kind of took away from coach laws uh number one if you want to screw up a kicker coach him yeah. That's, well, you know, and funny thing, like watching <laughs> watching those practices, that they don't, they're never there, right? right. Like right. during practice, they're never the hate. It's just like, hey, kid, come kick the ball, come kick. And a funny a little story about a kicker was when I was at, you know, when I went to Landry University, it was just a small school, so we had to do some fundraising. So our big fundraiser was we did the security on Clemson home football games. So we were on the field doing security. Um, doing security for the games and I'll never forget watching the kickers warm up and I texted my family and I said I really hope this does not come down to a kick because <laughs> I just watched I just watched him I mean he might have been two out of ten I mean it was just the the most awful th- and I was like this kid is playing football at Clemson University and he could not kick so uh, if if coach Laws found a uh, if that's his, if that's his little nugget, then I may be Clemson because they were there in that kicker's ear, and it was not working. I would like to know how many coaches feel that same sentiment. <laughs> I hope this doesn't come down to a kicker, unless unless your coach Radford last year, right? Because right. he had the kicker of all kickers. He can kick from ninety-five yards, right? right. So an- another thing, Coach Law said, you don't replace Russ, Asher, and Day Day. You pick up the slack in other places. Yeah, and that's true. You think about these programs that lose these big-time kids. You're never going – not never. You're probably not going to replace them, especially that next year um, in the mountains especially. You're you're right. you got to pick up the slack other places. I, I, I want to say one thing about Cunningham, Asher Cunningham. Mm-hmm. 
never seen anybody that no matter what formation, whatever's going to happen, he's going to get five yards carrying the ball. <laughs> right. Right. There could be right. nine defenders know he's coming. Right. He's going to get five yards. And if you remember two years ago when we were all at Reynolds, he was a starting running back. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And he gets five yards no matter what. Yes. Back in the day, Reynolds played a five yards and a cloud of dust type offense, and that's when they went down to Orlando and beat Denison, Texas. That was in the Coach Poss years, and he reminds me of one of those running backs. Yeah. And, you know, to say a little bit more about the different styles of coaching and, and what Coach Laws has done at Reynolds is – They've had they have had turnover over the last 10, 15 years. I mean, they've had they've played the different styles that you guys have mentioned. I know it seemed like when I was in school, uh, the quarterback was Levi Ledford, and he threw for how many thousands of yards? And then he ran for a thousand yards and never crossed the line of scrimmage. He did a lot of scrambling. Back a lot there. of so I'm not a football guy. I didn't notice that, but um, <laughs> I just knew that he threw for a lot of yards. And then this year, last year, um, you know they've they've won different different types of ways and whatnot so um so kudos to that coaching staff for always being able to adapt and, and whatnot yeah and the third thing that really from coach loss the parents recruiting parents and how he he didn't like that uh i'll be honest with you i felt like he was looking at me i had to, i have talked to some of his parents uh which is i didn't do anything wrong there's no rule there's no rule it. against it and it happens at every school and when I was at Reynolds, I felt like I told parents, hey, you should come to But You Christ, got me at Reynolds. Right. I did. I told right. Lewis, you need to come to Reynolds. Um, but I, I have well, – I'm not going to say any more there, but um, I have reached out to some parents. Um, the Coach Walker interview, very interesting. It was our very first one. Um, yeah, I think we were all a little nervous for that one. We were nervous. And then Pat cut us like 30 minutes short because he was uh, concerned we were going to go too long. Guys, we get the clock? He's stop pointing it, at his watch. <laughs> I could have talked another 45 minutes to Coach Walker. Uh, but one of the things he said that I, I, I kind of still chuckle at, the grass isn't always greener on the other side. It's just mowed at that time. Well, the, the thing I liked about his interview, I, I feel like he connects with every player, whether it's his all-star player or the kid that's never seen the field. He connects with this kid and says, hey, What's best for you? Let's do that right. And let me tell you what that is. Now, do you want to accept that or not? And if you want, if that's not good, then you know here's what you have to do to get to that next level. Right. He. Um. I wish we'd have talked about it on air. He, in fact, even has a he has a mental health coach on staff that the kids can go to and talk to about mental health issues. He's big on that, and um, you know, he's a different kind of coach. When you talk to him, he, you know, he, there's a lot of similarities to Coach Laws and the way he runs his program, but. Uh, also, a lot of differences. Um, he, he really working top top to bottom to get to all those kids. Yeah, and I can speak for um, you know af- after I wasn't a part of those interviews, but you know speaking with Mike afterwards, his first you know comment um, after you know having both interviews with Coach Walker and Coach Laws is he you know his and I don't know if you remember saying this, but you said they were very very Coach Walker was a younger was just they were there were so many similarities there was obviously some differences there's going to be some differences on you know how they were brought up everything plays into differences and whatnot but just how like they were both just football guys and it's a different you know a different age different type of things but it just gets down to it's just they're both just two absolute football guys that are ate up with it absolutely um one of the you know i already mentioned one of the things he said eight thousand one hundred forty four kids in the transfer portal for college 
wild. That's it's insane. Just, yeah. It's just wild out there. And think about how hard it is for a freshman to get in. There's already 8,100 kids who have college experience looking for a college. Absolutely, it's changed just from 10 years ago when I was getting recruited. It's not just it's not just football that's being affected. Baseball's being affected by it. Um, it's a Western Carolina baseball player today just committed. I saw on Twitter to NC State. So it's just I think it's added. You know, it is added a whole different new, new dynamic. And I know that if you're over the age of, not to age you guys, but it, most people that are over the age of 40 years old, um, right. they have a strong opinion against it. And they think that you should just, you signed a contract, you signed the NLI, you, um, your national letter, your NLI, your national letter of intent. And it's just, I think it's just changed because as much as coaches are leaving, as much as, you know, when coaches are getting bought out of contracts, if you look and saw that there was a hundred, million dollars of coaches buyout last year in college football it's just like you know being signed into just one place for three years now it's you know coaches are having to treat those freshmen they're having to recruit players while they coach players they're having to keep them there tennessee's best baseball player their pitcher chase burns has just entered the transfer portal today officially and he is the highest profile baseball player in the portal he throws 102 miles an hour could be the first overall pick next year and tennessee just came out this past week hundred million dollar renovation to their baseball stadium so it's like what more can what more can you do and i saw a tweet right before i got on here it said you know chase burns doesn't need tennessee baseball he's going to be a high profile draft pick without him and tennessee baseball doesn't need chase burns they recruit at a high level every single season so it's one of those it's just it's the way things are going to be moving forward and who is going to be able to adapt who is going to be able to capitalize on these different opportunities so let me ask you this so now does it make more sense for these kids instead of trying to get to the bigger d1 programs do they go to western carolina do they go to lenore run and then transfer into the big schools their sophomore junior year i mean is that the easier way to do it it's it goes to me i don't i think it still should have been this way years ago you should go where you think is the best fit for you. It's going to be, and we, you know, we spoke about it with Caden Jones about where he's going to be pushed, where he's going to, he's a different person. Um, he's a different type of athlete. So he probably thinks he is going to contribute at Alabama because they don't recruit people that don't think they're going to contribute at Alabama. He bet on himself, right? Yep. He bet on himself. And so it goes to, um, if I'm a senior in high school or if I'm, you know, if I'm, if I'm in high school and I'm getting recruited on any sport, I'm going to where I have the best relationship with the coach. And I know that, you know, recruiting is what it is. It's it's a coach can definitely can definitely make something seem like it's it's not. They can recruit you a type of way. I would talk to players that start for that coach. I would talk to players that rode the bench for that coach. I would talk to both of them. And I would find someone that you could find the closest that that coach coached the starter, the three-hole, as he did the bench player. And I would find someone that cares about – you know, Lewis, Lewis said, I mean, his big takeaway from Coach Walker was that he cares about each individual in their, you know, in their circumstances, where they're at currently, and trying to meet their needs, not just his needs. It's, you know, it's cool to get as many big, you know, big commits as possible. He wants them to go to the right fit. But um, to answer your question, I'll, I'll, I think playing time, most people, most people want to play. Most people, most athletes want to contribute. 
um, I would go where you think realistically, and that and that has to do with money. So it's it's where who's going to give you the most money? If you get a walk on spot out of high school in NC State, or you get a fifty or seventy five percent scholarship to Western Carolina, I mean, where do you think you're going to have more opportunities? Right, it's gonna it's gonna be Western Carolina. I mean, it's, it's gonna be Western Carolina, yeah. and go there and produce. I hope Owen Michelson, um, our senior that's going to UNCA, if it's if it's up to me, I I hope he's not at UNCA in two years. I hope he goes there and thrives, and I hope that Carolina picks up the phone. I hope NC State picks up the phone. Um, it's one of those that you can't, you know, you're not just competing against 27 guys, and it's competition. You know, we we talk about it every day. Competition breeds the best, breeds excellence. The other thing about Coach Walker that I think Lewis and I both really enjoyed is when he looked at Lewis dead in the eyes and said, play us. Play, play us, yeah. Play us. Absolutely. And I think – And I really think he would be open to play anybody. I think he – I mean, hell, hell, he's playing teams from New Jersey, yeah. Tampa, Florida, and uh, okay, so Southern my, Georgia. My question for you guys, football guys right here. Right. If they played Reynolds this fall, what's the spread? So this year coming up, this year coming up, what's the spread? I mean, I, it's hard for me. You go ahead because I mean, I obviously I'm biased. I think Christ School uh, would be the favorite because you think they would be the favorite. Reynolds lost so much on defense. Okay, now they have a lot of offense. They got Max Max Guest, who is a phenomenal running back. Okay, but they lost a lot on defense. I, I'm on the flip side of that. I, I'm still real football is played in the counties. Yeah, uh, I haven't seen. You I know, like that the cross school play. Like so what's I, the spread? I, what's the spread? I would say Reynolds by ten, ten yeah. points, so more than a possession. Absolutely. Okay. I, I mean, wow. I think I'm the total opposite. I think it's Christ school by ten. Now, it's true. I have a son there, right? Um, and a, a lot's going to have to do with their offensive line and if they bring some more guys in. But they got to. And they I gotta, do know, you know, speaking from going to games with Mike last year at Christ School, um, and going to games. And we went to games, and there was, I mean, as rocket football people as it gets at those games because that's who your friends are. That's right. who um, care about Luke. And so we're just talking with people that know a lot more football than I do. Last year there was a glaring difference at the line of scrimmage. Yes. And so I think just for all of the listeners, Mike was not in the 10-point spread last year. It was a Reynolds would dominate the line of scrimmage. Their defense was insane. Their which, def- which, if you dominate the line of scrimmage, you're pretty much going to win the game. You're yes. very good chance you win the game. But we we have a real we have a couple of real nice quarterbacks. We've got a lot of good kids coming back. we still got to find some offensive linemen. I hear they're coming. We'll see. Um, either way, they still finish second in the MAC conference, in my opinion. I like that. Like last year. This year, I think they can beat Reynolds this year, but the the worst case scenario, they're second in the match. So you think they lose to Asheville? No, I think they beat Asheville. I think they lose to Reynolds. That makes them second. Okay. okay. No, that's that, last that, year. That, that's what you just okay last year. I'm, I'm saying this say, year, I think they can beat Reynolds and they could win the Mac. I really wish we could put that argument to bed. I do too. Even if it was a I scrimmage, do. man, something. Give me something. Absolutely. Give me something. Yes. It's never going to happen. Coach Laws will never play Christ School. I, 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 I think he him, was very clear on that. He said if, if we could play by the same rules. Right. And he's talking about reclassification. There is something I would like to add there is he mentioned that Raven Gap does not pull from Fairview. And <laughs> what I would like to be very clear on is that if Raven Gap could pull the best players from Fairview, they would. No, um, instead they take it from Tuscola and Pisgah. They take it from Tuscola and Pisgah. Those I mean, guys. Oh, let's not overlook all their international transfers that come over. So. Yeah. 
Um, but I mean, just even in Tuscola's backyard, the Bryson boy. I mean, he in the in Minnesota's bowl game, he had an interception return for a touchdown. Right. And so, um, so I don't, I don't necessarily. And, and like I said, Coach Laws may have a different relationship with their coach that I'm not aware of. Um, that could very well be the case. But if you know, if if those guys, um, those some of their defensive players, or if Max Guest wanted to go put a Raven Gap jersey on <laughs> next year, I don't know if their coach would say no. No, right? no, definitely not. But that's just that's just my two cents. I think it's a lot easier to recruit fifteen miles away versus a, you know a hundred. Right. Yes, and when you say like Raven Gap, it's in it just seems like a little it seems farther away. It's really it's just like, in Frank. It's, it's on the other side of Franklin, North Carolina. It's not that far. Yes, not that far, but. Um, as a as a mom, it's like uh, you're, you're in Fairview. It's you know it probably seems a little bit further away to go to Raven yeah. Gap. The the other thing about Coach Walker, he talked about you know they got players worldwide, Chinese players. They have Canadian players. They have players from everywhere. It's not he's not he's not just recruiting is not the right word. But I know Lewis said how Lewis's comment was how does it feel to have the best players from Buckingham County? He's like, well you know. It's not Buncombe County we're looking at. It's uh, Florida. It's Texas. It's Canada. Well, yes, they do get players from there, but they they definitely look to Buncombe County. Well, there, sure. There is no They're in Buncombe County. Right. I think it goes just – I mean, you take it, and he absolutely looks in. He would want the best players in Buncombe County. It's just like any college. You need to win your state. The best basketball players – I mean – Jaron Stevenson was top recruit in basketball. Carolina just lost him to Alabama. And it's like you want to win. I saw so many things about how you want to win your state. You want to win your area. That's where that's where it starts. So um, I definitely think that he is um, – he would welcome any player that could help his program. And I also don't think he's at fault for that. I think that no. I think that all every the coach, coach wants the best I think players. I every get. coach would want the best players. I know kids at North Buncombe that went to Reynolds and played. I know a kid at North Buncombe, his little brother, uh, Joe Jones's little brother, went and played at Asheville. Yeah. and and made an impact on Asheville's team. And it's one of those like it's just it every, is every time Irwin has a top notch running back, he ends up at Reynolds. I'm not saying no, anything that's true. wrong. That's but true. But Derek Edgington and the kid with the long hair, I can't remember his name. Yep. And I apologize for that. But, you know, it just seems there are kids that go, I wish we would have asked the question, how many of your kids are on the, uh, what's the thing we had to fill out when we went there? Uh, was it the DAR or something like that? District realignment or something? The DR. Like the DR form. Yeah, DAR. Because he, even Pat, Lewis, and I were all, all had kids at Reynolds. We all were at a district at one time or another and had to fill out the DR. Yeah. Brendan lives in the Inca district. Right. We, we are currently in an East Inca district house, and, and his son goes to Reynolds. I mean, it's not it's, – and it's not anybody's – it's like I said, you cannot fault parents and kids – and other, it's just the way of the future for them to do what they think is best for themselves, right, wrong, or indifferent. Sure. They may be wrong. They may, they may not be. Um, but it's just, it's one of those that, that is the, you know, if, and it goes, it goes beyond that. Um, but, you know, a couple other things that I thought were, um, very, very interesting, um, was, you know, Coach Radford's, um, his, his. Wait, are we moving to Coach Radford now? Are we? We I can. think we should, yeah. Okay. So okay. I did enjoy talking to Coach Walker. I think he's a top-notch man, and uh, I, I'm glad. Mike's got to get his him. last piece in on, so, on Coach Walker. Smooch Coach, up a Coach Walker, Radford. he really enjoyed his time with you. Shut up. <laughs> so, Coach Radford, I really enjoy talking to Coach Radford. Oh, He's got it going on I over there. I enjoyed listening. Carson was... told me we would enjoy talking to him. Go ahead, Carson. 
you know, Coach Radford um, was my Legion coach after my senior year of high school baseball. By the way, Carson's only sixteen, so I'm I'm twenty seven. Um, but anyways, Close you know, enough. he was a baseball coach um, over at Irwin. This was when he was at Irwin, and we really just clicked. We hit it off. We had a great, great relationship, and um, and some of the things that you know, I thought um, I did think the hottest take in all of the interviews was that if his son had an offer from an academy <laughs> or Alabama, he would his son would have to go to the academy, which I thought was the hottest take. But you know what? We're here for hot takes, and that's fine. I hope that that comes up one day because um, Coach Radford's son is going to Army over Alabama. You you heard it here first. You heard it here first. But like I said, um, I think that um, I know Coach Cardillo over there, Coach Cheek, North Buncombe guy I represent. Um, I know that they got – very, very good people in their huddles, in their stuff. Um, I knew that you guys would like that they are trying some new age stuff to keep kids there. Yeah. I remember, you know, seeing a social media thing. I sent it to Mike and I was like, I know you're a Christ school guy, but this is freaking awesome. And they brought their middle schoolers up for their official visits to the high school. And I was like, as a middle schooler, it's like you, you've got to try to somehow recruit your own kids because guess what? If they're not, then, then Mike may call, Mike may call their parents and <laughs> I will or, call your parent and, if you're a good and, football player. And it's just one of those things. It's like I was, when I was at North Buncombe, we were trying to get kids over there. We got Inca starting catcher for my, for my junior season because guess what? We had, we didn't have a catcher. And it just goes with, you know, Robertson's trying to get, you know, two players from Reynolds went over to T.C. Robertson and won a baseball state championship. All parents want their kids' teams to do well. That's not you're anything gonna... that's just started. <laughs> and listen, if you're no. in a good situation, you're going to tell the parents. No. But, Lewis, what did you – Um, what was your takeaway with Coach Radford? So, Coach Radford was the most image-changing for me in the interviews. Obviously, going to Reynolds for four or five years – I mean, you're kind of taught not to like those Asheville guys, right? Right. Like when you're sitting on the but he is a side, Reynolds guy. He is a Reynolds guy, but I don't think that is really true anymore. Uh, you know, our off the air, right? Talk with him, but talking to him, the one big thing I liked was the leadership class. Hell, heck yeah! I mean, <laughs> leadership. You can program. say it. hell yeah. I mean, I just want to give you the quote, then you can finish. We never ask kids to do anything on the football field. We don't teach them. But we ask them to be leaders. We don't teach them to be leaders. Uh, Correct. I think the one thing, and you've heard me say this before, less than 1% of those guys are going to go to college, right? Every one of those guys is going to lead a family one day. That's right. And so many schools do not prepare these kids to do that, right? Think about it. Maybe if it was for me, I started a family at 19, so a year after high school, I'm trying to lead an individual how to be a good man, right? Wow. So congrats on the It's very <laughs> important to for that leadership class. His wife yeah. was only twelve. Yeah. Just she was kidding. eighteen. She was eighteen. <laughs> <laughs> but no we, I, we were together seven years before that. So Lewis, that's okay. Um uh but anyways, I, I agree the leadership thing with them, you know, with them being able to prepare their kids. To, you know, life after. I know Coach Laws mentioned it too. Coach Walker mentioned it. They all, it's very, very, very important to prepare their student athletes for what's after. Every every coach mentioned that there's going to be life after football. Right. So in 20 years, are they going to be successful? Who cares if they play D1 football? Who cares if they, whatever. And really none of that matters. In 20 years, are they going to be good men? You know, and there's always been quotes. Uh, I think my mom was, you know, my dad was, Always the one growing up, um, work hard, go to practice, 
do your best. Not not a super emotional, um, you know, super emotional guy. Although we've gotten very very, you know, much closer on that end as I've entered adulthood and started a family of my own. But we've got my mom always told me that you know you'll never. People won't remember the stuff that you, you know, that you did or say, but they'll always remember how you made them feel. So that sure. was my thing was that if as me coaching, you know, young individuals now, they're not going to remember, you know, how I told them to be able to hit the fastball middle way to right center and then hit a hanging curveball to left center. I mean, they're not going to remember exactly on um, on things about that. But they're also, you know, they're going to remember that Coach Jones, like, was there for them. Or there was different things like that. So I thought that um, each coach, each coach, um, each coach did that. I thought Coach Radford, you know, as as much as any of them was caring about them. I thought one thing that he said was interesting was about their student sample size, their student size, about how it was going to get smaller. And I know as a, you know, young younger individual than you guys um i'm not 16 go ahead 16 but with young family um asheville's very expensive to live in and so when he you know he brought that up about talking about getting assistance you can't you can't afford to pay him enough no no, you cannot afford to pay him enough um i know that as an as an assistant (laughs) (laughs) i'm sure inca gives you the big bucks but go ahead no, all the money goes to Pat's compound right here. Uh, but but but, they, but that's just um, that's where the money gets allocated in in the Inca district. But, but, but the, the other thing he talked about, a large percentage of his players don't ever get to leave Asheville, so they go on trips. Yep, right. That's something no county school is doing right no, now. No, right? there's no. You know, he took he's taking all his all the kids that want to. To these college recru- recruiting camps. Well, not only that, they're going and watching games. Yeah, they're 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 experiencing other life livelihoods outside of Asheville. Yeah, and I do think that you know you he, should you should we should all appreciate that what he mentioned about the HBCs and what absolutely and what coach you know uh you know a coach you know that's you know Coach Radford's white and so he's reaching out and thanks for clearing that up. I'm just explaining to the listeners <laughs> this is podcasting here i'm explaining to the listeners that that it might have you know been uncomfortable for him absolutely or he might not be as respected in that community but guess what he is still reaching out and trying for his student athletes for his kids because he said those are his sons yeah what's what's their best interest that's what he's looking at their best interest he said he's got was it two daughters and then how many sons and those were that's what and i felt just by listening i felt that he had me all bought all the way in that he cares about and, those and kids. And that's one thing Mike and I talked about when we left there. Like, he truly cares about his kids yes, as well. Yes, I believe he does. Right. And he, that, and he, that, and he's a new generation coach. It seems like, I mean, he, one of the things we were surprised to learn, they don't have a workout program during fourth period. No, no, for, no fourth period workout. So he has to work. He has to figure out how these boys are going to get in the weight room, still have time to do all that, get their homework done and practice, and still get a good night's sleep. Yeah. One of the one of the interesting things, no practice fields at Asheville High. I had never thought about that. I have not either. They share the field together with, with lacrosse and soccer, soccer and field, field hockey, as field well. hockey, yeah. and whoever else. And then, um, so that I found that interesting. The other thing I found interesting is that he coached in Shelby and lived in Asheville. Yeah, what, what do you say? Hour forty five. Yes, an hour forty five. Each way, I, every like, day, the, the the hours and mile. I mean, it's like that's like Carson as a salesman. I mean, that is just. Uh, I don't know. Does Shelby reimburse him for gas? Because that's no, that's the no way. Guarantee is a no. Yeah. He also said <laughs> they had. No. You know, we talk about Reynolds having fourth period weight training. Shelby had two 
weight training classes. I think that's something that we could discuss more. It's how much of that is an advantage to these programs. And I know that, you know, Reynolds has their specific weight training for yeah. um, for football. They also I, have one for basketball. It's a have, different period. They have one for basketball. I know West Henderson baseball, um, this may be breaking news. West Henderson baseball starts at 140. So their practice starts <laughs> Carson at also coached at West Henderson. I don't know if you knew I did, that. No, I did not know that. I did, but every baseball does, player is in fourth period baseball class. It's, does, I mean, Inca, it's, does Inca have a weight training for like fourth period? Inca does not. Like so Coach Griffin has to go at 6 in the morning and work them out, or he has to work them out after practice. That's another thing Coach Walker said that I found interesting. When he said, I, I asked him, how do you get kids there at 6 a.m. to work out? What did he say? Ask them. I ask them. Yeah, and it's more like I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you, right? But they show up. But that's how. I mean, that's we talk about preparing people. It's like, does you, Mike? Does your employer? I mean, does he? Do you get asked to do a lot of things, or <laughs> or is it more like there's an expectation? It's I'm like I'm going to need get, you to do this. I'm going to need you to do this. And guess what? You usually do it. So right. um, that's how that that is where when you say preparing, you know, young student athletes for the next level and for the next phase of life, it's like you. There's some responsibility built on, and that's that's how you start doing it. I really think Coach Walker and Coach Radford are kind of like the next – what's the word I'm looking for? They're the next generation coaches. Right. Coach Law is a great coach. He's been – they've won, they've won games for a long time. And he's an awesome coach. They'll continue to win of as course. long as he's there, right? Yes. Right. They will continue to win. He will always win games. I think that but we he, could go on and say I think they will – I think they will continue to win because w- what's our standard? I mean, are they going to win as much as they did when Coach Laws was there? Maybe not. But if Coach Laws is not there, they're still going to win some football games. Let's make that very, very well, that, clear. That, that, that may be true, but I will say this. I think if Coach Laws asked his team to lay down in traffic, they would probably do that for Absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. Sure. But let's not put it – let's not act like they're they're going to go from a 10-11-12 game win team to – one or two. I mean, they're they're going to beat Inca with Coach Laws or without Coach I've Laws. I've been on the other side of this where Coach Ford leaves and then it's eight years of really bad football. I just, Will you guys ever be good again at football? It's going to take a coach to be dedicated like Coach Ford was and to for these players to really buy in. If you look at the Owen program, they've had three different head coaches the last three years. It's tough to build a program. Absolutely. Sure. sure. So – do you think that starts in the off season? What does a coach need to go in there and do to get them so go, I to get them all bought in? Does that, he need to be from the valley? I don't think that's a requirement. I think I think uh, Coach Gibson right now is doing a great job okay. of getting these kids to buy in. Just just from listening to my kids talk, he, he is from the valley, right? I'm not. Did sure. he play there? I don't think he did. Really? I'm not, I don't know. I'm not real sure. I'm not confident in that. Well, that shows you that it doesn't truly matter. It doesn't. You, you don't know. You don't. You would know that off the top of your head if that mattered. Correct. Yeah. These kids are already starting to buy into what Coach Gibson is saying. So that's good. But I think a head coach has a huge amount to do with how well the program runs. So when Coach Laws leaves, I, I, I would predict there's like three years that everything's still the standard. But then after that, the other kids, all the kids that were with Coach Laws, are no longer there. And it's all formed by that new coach. So watch I out. think the biggest question in WNC football is who's going to be 
the who's the replacement? Pat, as a Reynolds guy representing Reynolds at the table, who's the who's the who's the red is face guy? Who is who is Coach Laws's? Pat just had a mini stroke. Coach Laws is not going anywhere. He will be coaching uh, post mortem if need be. And I I said that at the beginning of the show that he will he will coach as long as he absolutely wants to um, until he wants to spend enough skiing trips and whatnot with his wife, which. I mean that makes me want to quit and retire. I don't know how I can how I can do that, but I would love to do that right now. So talking, so being at Reynolds for the you know forever, I think the the expectation was maybe that Coach Radford would come to Reynolds when Coach Laws retired. Well, before that, I mean it was going to be Towery, right? I mean that that's we the, had the, heard that that yes. was the rumor it was going to be Towery, and then it was going to be Radford because he showed up at Asheville and won a whole bunch of games. So we talked to Coach Radford. Now listen, I'm not telling. I'm not saying he's telling us 100 percent the truth. It is what it is. He said he loves Asheville and his plan is not to go to Reynolds. Now he would probably never tell us that Reynolds was the next step. Correct. But just talking to him and how the budget at Asheville, because it's the only high school in the city. It's Asheville High, and their budget's way more than any other. School. Way more than Reynolds. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think he I, has I did not get the feeling that I think Coach Radford he has to going say that. Um, I think he has to say that. I think that from a outside of football guy, from just being around sports in Western North Carolina, being around schools and whatnot, the overwhelming – if there were Vegas odds, the favorite to be the Asheville coach – I mean, to be the Reynolds coach would be Coach Radford is what the – people and like i said i don't know people and plugged in at Reynolds. i don't sure. know this is not this is a purely that just he went to Reynolds. he he's did go in, to Reynolds. he went to Reynolds. he was an unbelievable um he's an unbelievable coach he's doing things the right way you can see what he he's, turned Asheville around in a year pretty impressive the 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 kind of the guy i'm thinking is coach morgan he's the offensive coordinator he was head coach at robertson head coach at mcdowell I'm thinking he may be the next. Now there's a lot of options there at Reynolds. They're yeah. going to have any. They're going to have it's very. They're going to have as Radford, many options as they want. He's, sure, he, it's a very it's, attractive it's, job. It's a moot point. Coach Laws is not going anywhere. <laughs> he is going to coach in perpetuity. So let me let me ask you this, Carson. Nil, name, image, and likeness. When you were in college, did you have a big NIL deal? Did you make a ton of money on it? <laughs> I, I did not. I went from, um, you know, at Appalachian State where um, football paid for every sport at App. Um, and we would go in a couple times a year. We had had gloves. We would have cleats. We would have gear. We had a Rawlings contract. We had a um, anything. We had Christmas a couple times throughout the year. <laughs> Thanks to our football program. So when people, you know, from other sports, when people are like, "Oh, these football players, the money's in football." Let's just get every. Let's get that, hands down. Let's Absolutely. get that out there that there's money in football. But um, from you know personal experience, um, then I went to a smaller school, Division Two. We didn't have a football team. We had a men's soccer team that was ranked top five nationally every year. Um, we had a. Did a lot of people show up to watch that? Um. They, I would say, people in Greenwood, relative. I mean, there was a decent amount of people, but no. Not, so you think like above fifty? I was going to say thirty. Okay, <laughs> I was going to say thirty, but but I mean those thirty thirty people were rowdy, and um, we got we got a new president. My junior my junior year, we got a new president. Was school, it Obama? And the first thing he did was pass selling alcohol on campus, and so athletic events admissions went up 
people. I mean, and there was a. I think yeah. A, if you a, sold high, if you sold alcohol at high school games, oh, let's talk about you let's talk about where the money's quadruple at. your income. Oh yes. my god! Anyway, but I'm sorry. No, Go NLI um, wasn't a thing when I was coming through school. Would not have been a thing for me personally. That was last year, right? <laughs> yes, yes. But um, to, to answer your question, no, I didn't have an NIL deal. Um, I was trying to think of where I would want it, where I would have wanted one. Um, so, did you know anyone that did on campus? It wasn't a thing, was no, it? No, it was it absolutely was okay. not a thing. But I will say, what what is a thing is that I had um, class. I had class with multiple football players at App State, and I saw them very rarely. And um, and I, and I will say, like, and I know people, you know, gave Chapel Hill a hard time for just passing kids or this or that. And it's like, well, I mean, I. I'm not saying that every football player just doesn't go to class or doesn't do this, um, but I, I will say that the resources that are there, um, there there were individuals that I was in class with. I didn't see them very much. I'll um, say this. Going to Western, you will see the football players. I, I'm, I was in class this last uh, spring with one. I actually had a study hall with a assistant Reynolds football coach that played football at App. His name's Chandler Greer, and I will say that he went to he did go to class. He went to study hall. So Pat, I know you've done some extensive research on this NIL in high school. What's your thinking? Yeah, so I'm not a fan of of the idea of NIL in high school. I mean, at at any level or just high school? Not in high school. I mean, you know, I, I'm, I'm I'm kind of in line with how Coach Laws phrased that. You know, they, it's kind of killing the. Um, killing the game and the, and the high school experience and so is it just anything continuity. that Coach Law says you're going to agree with? <laughs> Agony. I mean, everyone's wondering at this point. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, so there's a couple things about, but but I, I will I will back that up and say I agree with you. At high school level, there's probably not a need for it. Those kids are still living with their parents, everything else. At the college level, maybe you should get paid for it. Here, here's the thing about high school NIL. How many kids are actually going to be? How many kids are actually going to take advantage of it in reality? Well, I think in reality, if you look at marketing budget across companies, they will reach out to anyone they think will make them money. So I think that will transfer down to high schoolers once it's open. Okay, let's let's just for a minute think about Owen football. We're not talking about Owen football. Let's think about Reynolds football. Would Max get an NIL deal? Okay, yes. okay, Max maybe, but who else? Who else is? And who would, else has a face that's a famous? Not famous, maybe recognizable that's recognizable enough. enough to be a spokesman for a company. Well, uh, I, let's talk about Christ School. Okay, they have what seven of the top twenty-five recruits out of North Carolina. Yeah. So, would those seven not get a deal? I still don't know. So, do you think those seven are getting a deal from their university and boosters, or from people in the community? Because that's where I think the biggest difference well, is. That, that, well, that's the question. Who's going to pay these kids? So, if it's just strictly from companies in the area, think about how many people show up to a Reynolds game. It's fairly full on big game nights. Now, if they're playing Inca, Inca, Inca. no one's going to show up. But on a big game, it's pretty full. Correct. You two have been to Christ School games. Even on a big night, we're talking 100 people. Yeah, but the thing that draws people to Christ School is not we're going to make money on tuition, right? So if we open up the door on NIL, then we can say, you know, Booster A, who owns this business, you can do an NIL deal and attract more people to this, this 
school. I agree. And that's why I think NIL affects private schools more than public because there's more money in the private school area. Listen, it, it's the same thing. Every, every coach out there can say that, that they don't participate in this. I've seen it in the past where kids get cars, everything else from a county school. So everyone can predict or say they, they don't do it. It happens. I know a kid it happened to that I went to high school with. So they can say that they're not playing by the same rules. They are. Yeah, I mean, it happens. So if there's a booster out there that wants to donate a car to a kid behind the scenes, it still happens, whether there was an ideal back then or not. Pat, as a as a millionaire, would you be willing to um, be be a NIL supporter for Reynolds and pay you know ten or twelve kids no. to play at Reynolds? No. Let's say you had the no. let's say you really had the ability. Say you wanted to guarantee a state championship next year, and it took a hundred thousand dollars. I would do that in a heartbeat if that meant Owen got a state championship. No, I would. Oh, no. I absolutely, absolutely would. I don't have it, but I would. I whatever, what whatever payment I need to do to ensure that state championships are just so hard, so unbelievably difficult but to we, come by. We talked on this show that state championships aren't that important. I, I agree. They're, they're, when you're looking at state championships versus a college uh, scholarship, it's not. But when we're all sitting around talking at a campfire or something, I'm going to do anything I can to get all the kids I can at my school to guarantee a state championship. So, but you're still against NIL for, so do you, are you for it in college? I just don't, for, I what, for, in college, I would say I'm a hundred percent for it. What those makes kids are the difference though, Pat, what's makes the difference for you? Is it just that the kids aren't mature enough to know what to do with the money? Is it how, how, what's the, what is the, you know, determining factor? Cause there's 18 year olds in high school. There's 18 year olds that can serve in the country. Um, so what, what's the, What's the gap? What's the jump they need to make for them to be accept be able to be able to accept the NIL in your eyes? Yeah. So, what's the defining parameter? Where does it stop being a kids' game and a joy fun and become a business where you're trying to become a marketed com- a component? So hold on, hold on a minute. with that with that thought. Do you think high school ball is about fun right now, or is it about getting that scholarship? I think it's about fun. And there is no way you can sit here and say it's about fun because those boys. I, Yes, I can. Pat, don't <laughs> yes, let him shout you down. The, you go, Pat. The vast majority of kids are not going to college. No, but that's Most their dream. So do you think – but you don't think there's a business aspect to high school football? Well, sure there is. I As mean, the, the treasurer of the booster club, yeah, I would think I you would know that. Say so so but, when it comes to – Putting people in, you know, putting people in seats and whatnot. Yeah. I mean, okay, well, you're, you're right. There's a business aspect to the football, but it's a little different at the high school level. And you just brought up the boosters. All the revenue that comes in goes to the athletes and to the athletics programs within the high school. You know, there's not a huge signing bonus or CEO pay for that type of thing. Coaches might get some stipends in the playoffs, but that's, we're, we're not talking about uh, incentive-based uh, business strategies to try and grow revenue based on uh, in, in that I just, in that world. And to be clear, incentive-based NIL deals are not acceptable. You cannot say, I will give your quarterback a free car wash every time he throws a touchdown pass. That is not acceptable. But you can give them a uh, – if you show up and – you know, if you show up here and do an appearance, I can pay you this amount of money or give Did you, you guys this. see the LSU quarterback that had the NIL deal and he ended up losing his starting spot and just, just hung it up? No. This, so LSU quarterback, um, 
I forgot. I bad podcasting. I don't have his name offhand, but he got a million dollar or whatever strike it was. Strike two. Strike two. And he lost his starting position. Well, he just walked away from it. And he guess what? So I do think that there's going to be a it's going to regulate itself in the college football level. I think that these astronomical numbers that you're going to see, I mean, these business owners and stuff, I think that there's got there's going to be something that's going to regulate itself as far as kids just being able to just handing out free money and them not having to perform, them not having to live out their contract, them being able to transfer the next year. It's just like there's it's kind of the wild wild west right now. Absolutely. There's two sides of it. There's two sides of it. Well, there's there's more than two, but there's two sides. So, are you talking more about Companies paying Lewis, I want to pay you $250 to show up and, and just be here at my business and draw some people in. Or are we talking about booster clubs and, you know, paying, hey, I want Lewis and Carson to come over from North Buncombe to play for me at Inca. The reason the NIL deal exists is because of the booster clubs and trying to attract people to schools. And, and around here... I mean, Reynolds probably has the biggest booster club. They have $2.5 million in the bank. What? As a treasurer, you know that. <laughs> we don't have anywhere close to that. <laughs> I will say, I will say, the, the, the Reynolds booster bank account has always been a, a thing of urban myth at every other school. It is an urban myth, and we're not going to share anything. I was the treasurer before Pat. We're, I mean, we're not going to share how much is in there, but, you know, we pay the bills. I would like to go out and make a prediction that – you guys have more in your account than majority of other schools. I would say so. I mean, absolutely. Here's why: because football is king in Western North Carolina, and Reynolds is the king of football in Western North Carolina. Yes, and I and I think it's well deserved. If you can put people in seats, Reynolds has put a product on the field. That's why we talked about you know who's going to replace. It's like I don't think they're going to get some slap ass no. replacement to replace Coach Laws. Are you going like, to bleep that out? He just said ass. It's okay. It's okay. 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 Go ahead. I, just, I don't think they're going to get somebody that that's just going to run their program into the ground no. in three years. Coach I just Laws don't. is not going anywhere. He's not going anywhere. <laughs> He's coaching, coaching in perpetuity. You heard it here first. He's coaching for post, post-mortem is what was said. <laughs> that's what he said. So I want to share. I love it. I want to share a few things with you. So the surrounding states, Virginia and Tennessee, permit the NIL in high school. South Carolina and Georgia are looking at it. Kentucky says no as of now. Here's some other things that I kind of looked at today. If you put it on the student-athlete, it's increased pressure and responsibility on the athlete. I think they probably feel a little more um, they have to perform. They also have to show up at these events where they're asked. Corruption is another thing that can creep in with NILs with booster clubs, paying these kids. Uh, I'm not necessarily talking about Western North Carolina. you got a lot of schools in Charlotte where there's already a lot of transferring around. But, but pay paper performance is illegal, like a car wash for every home run home run you hit is not acceptable. And, and my question is, how many kids will actually benefit from NIL? How many on each team? Is there a roadmap, and how do they get started? Because I don't think you're you're only talking about one or two kids on each team that Max, you know, Max, Max. Guest at Reynolds, Caden Jones at Christ School. Oh, but I was saying one or two people max. Yes, not, one or two but max. Yes, max guests as well. But, right. One but, or two max. So so, yeah, that, so that's one reason I'm against it in high school. Because think about that division in the locker room that would, would occur. But on top of that, the only reason I might be for it, think about the kids that is like, hey, 
they don't have a father figure or anything in the home, and they have to choose to go to work instead of play football. I still don't think the money is enough to matter. But we don't know what the money could be. We should, well, you're right. We don't. We don't. We have no idea. I don't think it's you know the Alabama quarterback didn't he get like a million bucks. Yeah, and I think that's he, never going to happen in high school. And school. I'm you, say, you say that's never going to happen. That might happen. Not in Western North Carolina. Uh, maybe, maybe not in Western North Carolina, but you think like Miami, somewhere like that, that could happen. Absolutely, a big school in Dallas, a big school in Georgia, right. and I think that um, you know we can we can say we know exactly these kids still live at home. It's like, do we know how many kids are classified as homeless in Buncombe County schools? Uh, do well, you know? It's a lot. It's there, a lot more a, than you thought. There's a whole lot. It, there's a whole school, lot. There's four or five. I know that. It's every a school, whole, there's four or five. whole lot. I know. I knew West. I knew West Henderson had significantly more than four or five. And West Henderson, I thought, was like a a very yuppity up. And and it just, I was like, holy. Is that an smokes. official term, yuppity? And, and, I don't know. If you guys, I don't know. if both of you guys think about someone on the booster club, she spent a lot of her time taking care of some of these homeless kids that were at Reynolds. Right. And and these people, no one knew it. Right. I was I was very off put when I found out that there was homeless people going to yeah to, right I mean right. my mom taught at Hall Creek up until last year and she had students that lived do you guys are you guys familiar with the Mountaineer Inn on Tunnel Road yeah oh yeah yeah they they lived in the Mountaineer Inn that's where they that's where they lived because and it was just like talk about like just absolutely being crushing because it's like that. I mean, it just made me think about how lucky and blessed I was and all that stuff and my privilege that I had. It's like we don't know exactly $5,000 may not be a lot for for us, but I mean, a couple hundred dollars for a high school. I remember when I was in college and it was like a cookout tray. I mean, that was that was it. That was like the thing was going to get a four ninety nine cookout tray. And that was more than last year because they're right now they're like eight eight seventy nine. Pat, what are your thoughts on the NIL? The fun, you know, what are you thinking there? Well, here's where I am with it. Like you, you, you've got situations where you have child actors. So let's say you know you've got a local grocery store chain and they want to hire a, a kid to do um, a commercial or whatever, regardless of the sports. Power to them. That's America. You can go do that. I think that if you're in high school and you're an athlete and you have somebody offers this opportunity to do something like that, it's the same same bucket. However, are you going to do that in the name of the sport of your school? Don't think you can do that because you don't nec- you don't own that that logo that trademark that school if you're going out to make the business on yourself. I'm not a fan of the NIL idea in high school because I think you know it's a kid's game. We need to keep it a kid's game. They can start making adult decisions when they're adults at the college level, and then they can go on and and, and make those decisions. I will say this: I don't know if you guys follow him, but I follow Dave Ramsey for most of my adult life financially, and he's shared many many times on his program. When he would work with those young professional athletes that would come out and all this money would get dumped on them and they would go out and completely make a mess of their lives with it and have nothing to show for right. it at the end of their run and, and whatever, even if it's a college and IL deal, they're going to, they don't have any sense of what to do with the money. There, there need to be conversations about that aspect of it too. And that, that, that's the other problem. There's, there's no regulation. There's no help. There's nobody really understands the whole thing. Welcome coach Radford's leadership program. Yep. Right. Hopefully it was a Dave Ramsey program. I don't know. <laughs> and, you know, I think that, you know, what Pat just said, though, is could be used in, in a lot of different things as far as, you know, what what exactly are we – I remember one thing, you know, when I was – I graduated from high school and I think I went to college and I had to pay rent. And rent was, you know, when I went to the apartment complex, they wanted it on a check. And I'm, I'm not kidding. I never wrote a check before. I never had checks. <laughs> and I was like – 
So I went and made it all the way through high school without knowing how to write a check. I couldn't even, I didn't know how to put what went on the front of a letter. If I was going to mail you a letter, I didn't know what went on the front of the letter. Um, and so I just think there's just different things that, that our education, there, there's got to be some, got to be some things that we can get students, not just student athletes, but students just more prepared for, because I think we're all seeing that the workplace is dwindling. And so we've got to get kids more prepared. And that is, even if it's educating them on like trade schools, I know this is getting away from sports, but it's like, there's a lot of trade programs at Buncombe or at um, AB Tech that you could go to and get a absolute great job, great degree, and be able to support your stuff. But it's like, do these kids, do these kids know that? Do they know about student loans? Do they know, do they know about these things that, you know, if it makes all fine and dandy, you go get a degree, you go pay all this money you know, to go to ETSU to be an elementary school teacher. You go to ETSU, get these student loans, and, never then, pay them off and then guess an what? You, you're making $35,000 for the next uh, forever. And so, you know, where, where, how does that, and then interest, it's like, I didn't know what interest was until, I mean, until I this really. Is, this is a whole nother recently. conversation, but absolutely there needs to be some sort of financial class in school. I yes. mean, there has to be. I agree. Because kids don't know how to write checks. They don't know. Their bank, you know, they look at the bank account. Well, it says I have two hundred dollars in. Well, the five hundred dollar check you wrote hasn't cleared yet. They don't understand that. And this is a whole other conversation, yes. a whole other problem with schools. Yep. Um, but but Carson's one hundred percent correct. I agree. So, talk a minute about high school baseball. I know we don't talk about baseball a lot. Yeah, Carson's here. Might as well get a baseball. But we had. Going. Two state champions right. in Western North Carolina. Which which awesome. Awesome. They yeah. won the 4A awesome. state championship. That's T.C. Robertson. And then 3A state championship was West Henderson. Both had some excellent baseball years. Carson called the 4A champion. It, it, I, he did. It, I won't take too much credit, but I did. Absolutely he did. We were on here. He said, he said uh, Robertson will win the state championship. He was right. I mean, they beat a team that had some pretty – Pretty big players, some D1 they, commits. Four, I mean, 4A, it's what we've talked about. We talked about with football. I mean, they played, they had to play the biggest schools in the, I mean, they were the biggest classification, the biggest schools in the state. They went through and they played them. Um, and I was, you know, they, they did lose one game in the state championship round, so they had to play a game three, but they tend run the team game one of the playoffs um, of the state championship series, and they lost game two which meant that that was their first school they lost to. That was a public school, um, a public North Carolina school. So that, that was just mind-blowing. Blo- mind but Perfect Game just released um, the top teams from every state. Uh, Robertson was ranked number one. Um, it's just, I think it's a testament. Well, we talked about earlier in the podcast, on the previous podcast, what Coach Philippeck does over there. Um, this was he, he would not, if we, you know, and hopefully we're going to be able to get him on. Um, at some point, Carson was supposed to get him on, but uh, hopefully we're he's gonna, not here. Hopefully, we're going to get him on um, in the in the future, and he would just say, "I I would think that he not to put words in his mouth, but he has an expectation. I mean, he that's that's what they set out every year is to win a state championship, and I know that there's not a lot of programs like that. You know, West Henderson, um, I, they've got a absolute generational talent um, as a you know Truett Manual. Um, who is a junior that I just this past weekend he's been up to 96 miles an hour. Um, he's a freak athlete, plays all three sports. Had I think 30 something touchdowns um, on football. He's more of a bruiser, rebounder, and stuff. Basketball stats aren't you know everything that 
to hang his hat on. Well, he's a hell of a football player. But he is a hell of a football player. He's a hell of an athlete. He's a absolute professional athlete from any – but he has got a lightning bolt in his right arm. Um, and, you know, I think that the reason that baseball state championships are – it's it's just it's tough in any in any sport. It's pretty easy for Western North Carolina teams. So we won two this year. Two two this year. And if you look <laughs> and see when the last time that teams have won them, um, it's just it's because you could lose one game. And it's you know with baseball, it's not softball. So last year, you know, <laughs> baseball is not and, softball. Baseball is not true. softball. So Carlin Pickens, we mentioned the SEC. I know Coach Laws. You guys mentioned her. She was able to pitch every game for North Buncombe softball last year. I mean, there's no pitch limit. You you can just throw and throw and throw, and so. The reason I didn't call Wes Henderson was um, I thought Truett, Truett can beat any team that he plays for. I mean, any team. He was 11-1. and one, His only loss this year was to Robertson. Um, and so, so did they lose to Robertson both? How many times did they play They only play played Robertson? once. The second one got canceled. So they lost to Robertson. Yes. Truett gave a, a home run um, to Robertson's leadoff batter in the fifth or sixth inning. They lost by one or two. Um, it was a close game. It was at Wes Henderson, um, and Robertson got the best of them. Robertson – you know, it's very, very young. Their first five batters, um, they had one senior. Wow. Um, so the their best pitchers, their best arms, their best players, um, their shortstop's going to East Carolina. He He's one of their best players. I take that back. But Nick Parham will go and have a career at East Carolina. Um, but other than that, they've got their whole team coming back. So if – if they will lose a game next year, I'll be surprised. But we're going to try and give them, give them the business like we do. And we were tied 2-2 two to two going into the seventh inning. And we try to tell our guys good teams play seven innings, not just six. So <laughs> I assume, you know, being from Western North Carolina, Inca probably made it to the state semifinals or something, right? No, no. We made the playoffs. Um, we you did make we the playoffs. A, That's good. We had a quick exit. Um, we we lost to Ashboro. But it's just like we said. You know, they had a – They have a nice zoo there. They do. They're um, – Ashboro, I've heard they've got a nice zoo. But, you know, West Henderson, for those schools to be as close as Arden is and Mills River is, for them to win the two biggest classifications, I don't know if that's ever happened before. Um, I That is very, um, very, very astonishing. Credit to Jackie Korn at West Henderson and what he did. Um, I just, you know, with Truett only being able to throw one game, you know, one first round, third round, he actually didn't even throw the first round. So, um, which all the baseball player, all the baseball people in the area were like, it's you know probably the first time that you didn't have to use your ace in any capacity game one because you just you don't pitch them and then you lose and then it's like you're I mean Jackie would get Jackie would have got ran out of town if they would have lost round one and Truett Manuel would not have pitched. What are the restrictions for pitchers? I, I know I don't know. You guys probably don't know either. So the pitch count is um, 105 pitches. And then you've got to have, I believe it's five full days rest, maybe six. So if I throw 50 pitches in game one, can I throw another 50 in game two? So it goes off of pitches, and then that's how many days rest you have. So, you know, under 35 pitches, you can pitch the next day. Under 50 pitches, you have to have one full day's rest. Under 65 pitches, you can have two full days rest. So what Robertson usually does, um, and this is just something that they've got enough depth, they've always been able to do this, they – try to ensure that their pitchers, um, they don't want to burn any of their pitchers so they could not play. So if round one's on Tuesday, they want to throw enough pitchers so that they could all be available in round two. Nice. Nice. So mentioning your quick exit from the playoffs. Yes. Jeez. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Trying to keep the gloves up, Lewis. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I got the opportunity this weekend to watch – 
a 6U, 8U, and 10U team take state championship. Gritty. From Hominy Valley. Which is Inca. Right. That hurts. So they are getting these kids ready. I mean, what's happening? Is it coaching at the high school level? I think it has to be coaching. I think that. I think that. <laughs> wow. I think that. Ask um, Lewis if it was baseball or softball. He it, had was, this it, was softball. it was softball. It was softball. softball. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say that the Sugar Jets. I mean, they went twenty-two and zero, or they, the softball team had it going this year. I think they lost in the fourth round. Um, and I really think their coach Jen. I think I don't know if she would have expected them to go undefeated this year. Um, but I do know that softball. We've talked about what's king. Um, I will speak firsthand that softball at Inca High School and softball over there is absolutely the truth. It's the truth in the way. Um, their field is their field is second to none. <laughs> their field We've is talked about this before. Hominy Valley has some good youth sports programs: football, yeah. softball. Yeah, I mean they should be winning state championships over there. Inca, what's the problem? <laughs> I think it's just I think <laughs> Coach Griffin needs to look himself in the mirror. To be honest, with you. <laughs> I want to meet Coach Griffin. I've heard a lot about him. No, he's awesome. He's an awesome guy. He cares. Um, you guys would love to sit down with him. He does things the right way. He. He really is a college coach. It's just at a at a high school. He's um, he is absolutely the real deal. Cares about his kids. Um, does things the right way. He types up a practice schedule. Um, it's every minute. You guys could show up in Inca baseball practice, and you would know at four forty two exactly where you're supposed to be and what you're supposed to do. And he does that. And you know, and I think that with Pat would be late. Pat would be late. <laughs> Agony. But um, you know with. I always give him a hard time teaching schedule. You know, being a PE teacher has just got to be the grind. Um, but he has a planning period and all that good stuff. But I do know that he makes his money being a PE teacher, but his whole passion goes to those kids. And I don't think that it's fully appreciated all the time. Um, but I will say that we've got, um, for the most part, we've got um, a great group of kids that really appreciate Coach Griffin. Um, I do think that they're – are um, some things that we can improve on as a program, but you know we we don't we don't recruit. I would happily I want every good baseball player in the area to come play at Inca baseball. They had nine D one students. Just saying, they're all going to D one schools. Nine of them, right? Baseball? Yeah. No, we had one, which is a big. I think that's one more than Reynolds had. But um, <laughs> but wow, he just took fire. a shot at Reynolds baseball. Wow. But no, no, Reynolds baseball is that's a that's an awesome job over there. Carson played at Reynolds for like ten minutes. I did, I did. I played at Reynolds. Now, Coach Radford said it, and I'm, I'm pretty sure didn't Coach Laws say uh, the new coach over at Enco for football, yeah. Sexton. You guys know him. I can't him. believe you didn't know Coach Sexton. I, don't know. I was I'm so been embarrassed. Here Ten minutes. I was so embarrassed. I'm like, oh god, Pat doesn't know Coach Sexton. No, I had no clue. So he coached at Irwin. Here's my earliest remembrance of Coach Sexton. He turned Irwin around. Irwin had like a 600 game losing streak, and he showed up at Irwin, and they started winning games. And in fact, they beat Reynolds one year in the regular season. It was like I want to say like sixty to seven or something. Wow! Now Reynolds beat them in the in the playoffs. Reynolds showed up and beat them. It was like one of those games where everything that goes wrong went wrong. But yeah, he turned Irwin around. I mean, they were they were a football pro. When when Irwin, Asheville, and Reynolds are all good in football, it makes everybody better. I know Coach Laws is like, I don't want Asheville to be good. He does. In reality, he wants that tough game because he needs it. You can't just play four tough games in August and then be ready for the playoffs. You need some tough games along the way. You need Asheville to be good. You need Irwin to be good. You need Inca to be respectable. You need North Buncombe to at least field 11. I mean, 
You you need some competition I, out of your conference. I'd like to ask Lewis something. What does this mean to you? So there's a there's a saying out there for coaches. It's um it's about Jimmys and Joes, not X's and O's. What does that mean to you? Uh, you you got to have kids. You have to have guys, right? Right. So one of the biggest things that's hurting Owen is you know all the manufacturers moved out, the kids have moved out. Yep. There's nothing but grandparents there. Uh, you you do you have to have kids, right? That's where it starts. Coach Radford said the same thing in the yeah. interview about you got to have the kids, the kids in Asheville because it gets Coach so Law said the same thing. You got to have the so kids. So it's like we all three think that Coach Laws, Coach There's Radford, and Coach here. Walker, all three of you guys, think that you guys had the interviews with them. We all think that they're all you guys all think that they're doing the right thing. They're they're working hard. They're um, they care about their programs, whatnot. What do those three coaches? What are their records in Inca North Buncombe next year? What, if they what coach, is coach Inca, what is Pat? What is Coach Laws's record at Inca next season? Inca Inca's on the rise, yeah. man. Inca's Inca. on the rise. So what? Eight and three. I sure. <laughs> Come on, Pat. I, I don't have a clue. I just, I'm just. My point is, is I think Coach Laws is as good as a football coach as it gets. X's and O's. You know, getting getting the most out of his players. You said being able to motivate your kids. That's half of it in high school sports. If they would run, if they'd get out in the in the road for traffic. I mean, we're trying to get our kids to buy into a two-strike approach. So I probably need to talk to him about. <laughs> I probably need to talk to him about like things that we, things that we can do differently at Inca Baseball. But um, but it just <laughs> what that was funny. Go yeah, ahead. Two-strike approach is not is, is a tough concept. Um, but guys, it 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 just goes back to Asheville's got good athletes. Reynolds has good athletes. Christ School gets good athletes, and so. It's like Inca has what it, Inca is what it is. I mean, there it's only gonna be. And now I do think that if you guys were to say like you know to get all the best athletes in the school to play football, that's a start. That's an absolute. And start. I think that's a problem with some of the schools other than Reynolds is getting the best athletes to play football. Yes, because everybody's so sports specific these days. You know, baseball's year freaking around. Oh yeah, and basketball year round. I mean. All the coaches we talked to said they want their kids to play other sports. Yeah, I think that you know, with us at Inca, we share a lot of our we share a lot of our kids. The majority of our kids play play multiple sports, and um, and they they contribute they contribute in some capacity. But it just to me, I've always thought that Reynolds had the perfect mix up, the perfect the perfect mixture that you could stir up and create. A, they had. They had, you know, some country boys for the offensive line out in Fairview. They had some really, really good athletes coming out of Hall Creek and Oakley and those in those and schools in Irwin. <laughs> um, but it's just one of those things that if you don't have if you don't have the athletes, it it makes it it makes it a lot more difficult. The best coach of the world can't win at North Buncombe. I mean, there's just no foot in football. There's no football athletes out there. I mean, they just don't play football. I don't know if they're playing other sports or if they just don't exist. I mean, you got to have good. You have to have good athletes to win. Well, in the Inca basketball, I mean, Inca basketball's got some decent athletes on it, and and not many of them played football. So it's like it. I see what you guys are saying. It's trying to get all of those all of those athletes. I mean, these we got kids in Inca that think they're going to the NBA, and guess what? They play basketball three hundred and sixty days out of the year. Guess what? They're really good at basketball. That's fine. But we, you know, we are trying to talk to our baseball players on it. It's like. We can do all this other stuff, and that's fine. And Coach Griffin will never tell a kid not to play another sport, but 
when Robertson has two baseball players in their entire program that play multiple sports, then and it's football. They have two players that play football, so it really doesn't conflict that much. I mean, I sure. would, I would love, I would love for a lot of our players to play football, but where it gets tricky is when you've got some, you know, you've got, we've got some wrestlers wrestling leads right up to baseball season. You, you come into baseball, we got basketball, we make it to the third, fourth round. Well, you miss the first two weeks of baseball season, so it's, it's tough, it's tough in that, in that sense of it. Um, but we, you know, we've been talking to our kids about competing with these schools that have better athletes, plus they work harder. It's like, guys, we can play other stuff, but you can't go from November 15th when basketball starts to February 14th, which they make the playoffs at Inca in basketball, and you can't go that long without touching a baseball. You just can't. You can't do it and expect to be good at least. Pat, do we put too much pressure on these kids to play one sport? Do you feel like football's year-round for Brendan? I know he doesn't play any other sports. Does, is it too much? Is it too much? No, I'll say this. That that was his choice, not ours. We didn't pressure him. In fact, uh, his mother and I encouraged him to continue wrestling because he was a pretty good wrestler with your son over the middle school. And <laughs> he then, dominated Luke. Well, they had a good time. <laughs> they were good athletes with that. He dominated him. You know, and he, had, he scraped his face across the mat. <laughs> <laughs> but go ahead. But, you know, he also would play basketball, too. We encouraged him to try out and – yeah, he yeah he was going up against uh, yeah he didn't have a chance to to earn a spot on the basketball team, but we encouraged him to do all that because yeah. you know I think a more well rounded athlete plus keeps him out of trouble. Um, so I have a question um, about your son, and I saw some pictures of some recent camps and stuff, and that looks like he's you know went to some schools and done some camps and stuff. Can you speak on some of his experiences and and how he's um, and what he thought of those schools that he went and um, and he went and did the camps at and stuff. Sure. Well, I, I think I've shared this probably here, but certainly with other people. His mother and I feel like we're building the plane a little bit while we're flying it with these camps thing because this this was not a part of my youth. We didn't this yeah. didn't exist. So you know, Coach Laws and the other coaching staff at Reynolds has been helpful as far as steering which camps to choose and which ones to not go. Like he didn't go to NC State. He didn't go to Alabama. He didn't go to Clemson. Come on, that he's, that's yeah. not his wheelhouse. He's he focused on. The Division Two, I'm sorry, yeah, the Division Two programs and the one AA programs, pretty much right around here. And then there were some stretch schools like JMU, App State, and EKU yeah. on this list. So, anyway, he's, he's signed up and did a lot of those. They've been very helpful. And were they more instructional? Were they more showcasing his talents? Was it instructional stuff? I don't. I'm just not familiar with football camps and stuff. When people say they like go to camps, it's a little bit of both. The front both. end of it is they do that combine stuff, or they did they, the forty, the height, weight, the all the measurables. Have okay. they been doing like his wingspan? And yeah, they do like, all that. It's crazy. They had uh, he had to do something with the bend. They had to videotape all the kids mm-hmm. with their bend. They even measure the heck that is. At one camp, they measured Luke's hands. How yeah. big is his hands? They do that. They've done that a couple of us. You know camps. what they say about big hands? You have big feet, big gloves, big gloves. Yeah, agony. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> but you know, he's he's done a bunch Pat of has these tiny hands. But go ahead. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Probably the. Um, <laughs> he, he's at, he's been to I think eight camps. He's got five more, and then he's done for that for Jeez. the summer. I will I will say this. Going back to the the single sport thing. I think baseball breeds the most single sport athletes. Yeah. If you play if you if your kid loves baseball early on and that's what he wants to focus on, they will be encouraged to only play baseball throughout well, their You career. can almost play it year round here. Uh, you can play it year round here. Pat continue, I'm sorry. Oh, I, I, 
I mean, he's gone to these camps, had a good experience at the camps, and, you know, he's talked to several of these schools, and the recruiting process is underway. He doesn't have any offers or anything yep. like that, but I think that, that we talked about this before with the transfer portal and the COVID year that everything's been pushed back. So yeah. we'll 8,144 kids in the portal when we talked to Coach Walker. Is that how many it is? Wow. That's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot of kids. So, you know, that's going to affect all high school recruiting, I think, in all sports with that element. And Yeah, absolutely. Know. It's it's a whole different time. It's crazy. It is. It's crazy. I would, you know, to say, to speak on um, what Lewis said, I do think that baseball is different as far as, um, you know, you could have a great athlete and they could show up and they could be at any of the respective football programs August 1st and they could contribute. And that's just the, that's the truth. That's the reality. It is athletic. I'm not saying that they're going to have the instincts. They're not going to have the, I'm not saying that they would be at their absolute best if they just showed up and picked up football for the first time. But if a athlete from the best athlete in football or the best athlete in basketball, if you pick up baseball in the first day of trials, you can't, you can't make the team. And so I do think that that's probably where Youth kids. I'm not saying it's right, right or wrong, but I'm. That's probably where um, these. I don't know. It's just, but that's probably where they're. Are we sure we want a baseball gown here? There's another Ugh. side to this. The other side is like the psychology of these these stupid travel ball teams, where you have to play from a year round, or your spot's not going to be guaranteed. If you go play any other sport, well, travel ball is just a new rec ball. We've We've talked. We've talked about that. I mean, right, it's right. Anybody but, that can pay, anybody that can come up with a team, and how many people can print uniforms out now? But, but do you think it's just by chance that only two of your, of two of TC players only play another sport? Everybody else is completely locked into baseball year round. They've been bred that since they were eight years old. Like absolutely, you, you have to play with me year round, or your spot on the team is gone. And these parents sit around and worry about this constantly. I would. I mean, I'm not over there in their locker room and in their in their parent section and whatnot. But I would ask you guys if you know if if travel football was a thing, and we and you could go play. Did your son play youth football? Yeah, he played for Anchor. Okay. Yeah. Nice. East Buncombe. Okay. East Buncombe Youth Rockets. Um, I, I was an East Buncombe Rocket alum as well. But if I would ask you guys if you know if there was an opportunity when you guys when your kids were younger, I mean. I know football's different because you don't play as much and you don't want to over you know the bodies and stuff. You can't but, play three games, four games in a week. No, I know. I'm just I'm just asking. You know, if there was an opportunity that you guys, you know, would they have played? Would you guys have ever entertained travel football? It's a thing now. I, I would. Is it a thing now? I would 100 percent done it. Okay, so so I just why would you say that? You won't even do travel baseball. Your kids. The reason you had a kid who was really good at baseball. The reason I would have done it is because football is such a big deal, right? To me, baseball is not such a big deal. But if it's their best sport, it should be a big deal? I think I would I would never get a – so, you know, doing the umpiring on the weekends for these USSA mm. tournaments, I would hate to be one of those parents in the stands because I sit there and listen to them constantly. Oh, I, I couldn't. I, if my son decides to play, I hope – I'm going to put every – which he loved. I mean, my, of course, my dad got him a Tykes tee, and he baseball bat's his favorite toy to play with, and he's got everything under the sun. But I'm gonna try and put a tennis racket, a golf club. I'm gonna, but I'm gonna try. You anything. better put him a football uniform on. Oh, he's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna knock ahead. But and, I sit there and I listen to these parents, and you can hear the mom and the dad talk like. You know, Mike just missed this ball on third oh, base. Uh, toxic. He's, it's he's, toxic. He's going to be benched next next inning. He's not going to play anymore. We're going to have to find a new team. This is because he missed one ball. 
This got to ha- be better. This literally gotta happens. Be this literally like, happens every be Saturday and Sunday. And so oh, you no. would take your kid to play football in the same environment? scenario, environment. Pay to play. It's not the same environment. But it could be. But it's travel baseball has become so toxic. It's watered down and toxic. We we've established that. But right. there but there are absolute. And I would go out to say, you know, when you get to high school and when you start playing like these upper level travel ball and upper level showcases are different. Correct. So so upper level showcases, the West Henderson pitcher, he plays for five star national. It's an absolute top I mean top team in the country. Every kid on his team is gonna go play ACC or SEC baseball. Um and so there's four players at Robertson are all on the top team in the state of North Carolina, which act which actually pulls from I mean it pulls nationally now, but Dirtbags is their organization. They've had you, you, Lewis is a dirtbag, just saying. And, and I'm, I'm familiar with it. The, yeah. People are familiar <laughs> in the area. Um, but, you know, just to go on, I just think it's it's one of those that I I think, and you guys tell me if I'm wrong, but I think parents are more likely to think that their kid could go, which is not the case, but they're more likely they could go pro in baseball than they could basketball or football. And, and that might be right or wrong. Well, there's a lot more pro baseball players than any of those sports, right? Well, I, I will say well, this. Not the, that, the standouts. Just... The standouts for the other team, like the standouts for football is very obvious. The standouts for basketball is very obvious. The standouts for baseball, maybe not so obvious. Yeah, well, there's more There's more baseball players in college. There's more – There's more. I don't, I don't know. It seems like there's more kids that go play college baseball, but that doesn't mean – that doesn't necessarily mean that – um, that there's more kids that go play that go play at the the highest level and whatnot. I just think that there's there you know kids aren't kids need to be kids. Kids need to play as many as they can. Um, but I do think there's a time where a kid just will naturally, you know, a kid wants to do you know Pat mentioned, and I don't think that I I think this was how I my upbringing as well. I don't think my dad made me play anything. I think that's all I wanted to do. When I got home from school, it was like. My mom tried – I mean, I would try and finish my homework before I got done with school because I would try and finish it before I got home because I got home and I wanted to play basketball. I wanted to play – I wanted to do something in the yard with my brothers. Yeah, I mean, as as a kid, my mom always encouraged me to play everything I wanted to play, whether it was baseball, basketball, football, soccer. I mean, I, pl- I mean, she wanted us to play at all. There the, was no travel back then. The difference between that and now – you have the parent there videotaping everything, right? And they oh, yeah. they break down everything that kid does. Yeah. So, yeah. I have a quick question for you, Pat. Yes. If you play today, if you play baseball today. Are we are we talking high school level? I mean, any level. Look, we we need to clarify because my answer changes. <laughs> really? I, I want clarification. <laughs> okay, so pro. Okay, if we're a pro. If you're a pro baseball player. And I'm, tr- I'm trying to hit 102 mile per hour. What is your walk-up song, Pat? <gasps> oh. What is my walk-up song? Oh, this song? is interesting. Oh. I was going to say, I don't know if Pat's getting a hit. I'll be honest. I know mine. <laughs> I, I don't think I would have get. I, I would not get a hit in pro baseball. My walk-up song. Yeah, what's your walk-up song? Would be Kesha, This Place About to Blow. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I'll really? tell you what. Come on, man. Yes, and Pat so, right now is raising his two hands up to the sky. Can, can I go next? Sure. Sure. I, mine's going to be a realistic answer. That was, I thought Pat's was excellent. Yes. These boots are made for walking. These boots I'm not are made that. for walking. 
Carson said his was the same. In co- of course, he's young enough to have had a walk-up song. When Pat and I were kids, there was no such no, thing. That didn't exist. Now, oh, six to God. twelve, everybody has a walk-up song. And so, it's the most annoying thing for umpires. Oh my God! Yeah. Well, you want to hear something funny? And I, sure, I'm currently in an adult baseball league. You have a walk-up song? I, no, no, no. But there is a team that has a speaker with walk-up oh, songs. My God. And I, honestly, Give me a break. I, I just. I could not believe what I walked into. So, what's your walk-up song? My, I had different ones every. I had different ones every year. My okay, favorite, give us my, your top. My one. all-time favorite one, the one that I got the most. Um, I wouldn't say credit from other teams, but I actually had a coach step out of the other team's dugout and like tip his hat at me. Was um, Game of Thrones? I had the Game of Thrones <laughs> intro. That's nice. my walk-up song. Nice. So, the um, Game of Thrones and it was intro. it was in the middle of the the last season, the, the second to last or the last season, but it was like. Game of Thrones was hot at this time. It wasn't like it is now, but Game of Thrones was hot. And, you know, it was the intro and all that good stuff. Um, My high school one was Circle of Life, Lion King. (laughs) I just like to be a little bit different. Um, So so mine would definitely be Bob Seger turned the page. That that saxophone solo at the beginning. Which, just so you know, every time when we set up for a football game, we had to play it for Mike. So, Luke, you had a walk-up song for setting up to. So here's the thing, <laughs> that's, Lewis, that's absolutely true. Hang on, it's incredible. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Hang on. I'm learning something every day. <laughs> Lewis and I used to, wow. when, when our kids played youth league. We got there early. We put all the pads on the posts. We set up the water. We put up the the end zone orange things. I mean, we did all that. I had to hook up all the electronics. Yeah, okay. of course, Lewis had the electronics. Well, the president, Daryl Poole, would show up. Of course, late. Lewis and I would almost be done. And he would always turn on Bob Seger, turn the page. I love that song. And when that saxophone hits at the beginning, I'm like, yes. I just love that song. I I like the Metallica version as well. I just like turn the page. A lot of of very, very, very good options out there for walk-up songs. Yeah. So I'm disappointed in all of you. Why? None of you commented on my beard oh my god that's like been growing in it looks like you forgot to shave for a day yeah now i've been working on this for two weeks oh my god that's it that's two weeks so i cut mine off except for a little bit you know i still have a beard but it's shorter now i don't have i don't have any well that's because (laughs) you're 16 years old i'll be honest i don't the listeners will probably see a picture uh i can't wait to put a picture of carson on there with no beard yeah. Behind the no beard is what Carson is on. The rest right. of us are on behind the I beard. I can't wait to give the listeners truth, actually, what they want to hear. So. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Strike three. He's done. <laughs> so so I think that's it for tonight. Um, we uh, we really enjoyed getting together and talking. We have had some interviews. We've had to be on our best behavior. And it's nice to cut loose. I, you know, I really want to thank Wild Turkey 101 for tonight. Uh, Pat. <laughs> Go ahead, close us out. Well, thank you all for tuning in and listening. And you know, I think we also have to thank the Bandettes again. They've provided us a wonderful song. Absolutely. And, and I love that song. We've got the video and everything else. Do you ever put that up on the site? It's coming on tomorrow. All right, good, because that's awesome stuff right there. So tune into the Bandettes. they got some good things going on. Hey, and we also want to hear from you. Yeah, we'd like to hear from you guys. What yes. do you all want to hear about? If you've got questions, man, send them to us. Send us, you know, if you know us, text us. If not, send it on Facebook. Um DM or if you want to email us behind the beard WNC at gmail.com. Absolutely. We're still trying to get Coach uh, Philippek on. Yep. We're also trying to get uh, the coach from Owen, your mommy's name. Coach Gibson. Coach Gibson yep. on. We'd like to talk to those guys. Um, if not, you know, we'll be back in a couple of weeks. I want to share something with you. We're two months from football season, guys. Yeah, yes. I can't wait. It's awesome. 
Getting two excited. months. I, I don't know about you guys. Seven on seven's already been happening over at Owen. It's been great to watch. That does not include my kid. No, right. nor mine. North Carolina just passed a sports betting legal in 2024. So I that's saw that. that's enormous. Ooh, so so Carson is a big better. And uh, are you? He drives to Tennessee to bet. I do. I drive to Tennessee. Well, to we bet. need to start setting up some side bets because we also enjoy. We used to we used to bet at literally or uh, at youth league football games. <laughs> it's I true. Like that. I like it's true. that. I, I would love to, and I wish. I, hopefully, we can figure it out. We want to do a pick'em league this year. Where can you outpick the beard? And we want to pick our Buncombe County High School games. And are you better at picking than we are? I don't know. I'm sure they're better than I am. Well, so, of course, because you're going to pick Reynolds to win every game, whether they're playing or not. <laughs> of course, yes, I will. I'll uh, there. Uh, there'll be some spreads on the Reynolds game, and I, I've already come up with the Inca spread will be 49 points. So <laughs> it's hard to score more <laughs> so, than 40 so because of that running the running clock. clock so, yeah. so it's going to be is you know because I think everybody knows the saying: good teams win, great teams cover. So um, we'll just have to. <laughs> We'll just play that one by ear. Stay tuned. So so hopefully we can do a pick them on our Facebook page or somewhere where you guys can see if you're better picking than Lewis and Pat and Carson. And I, Carson already admitted he knows nothing about football, so it shouldn't be that hard. Right. should be very easy. You guys should be 1-0 to start. Yeah, and I'm old and senile, so there's another easy win. With That's the Kesha walk-up song. Yeah, so. right? <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. This oh, place man. about yes. to blow. Boom. <laughs> Uh, thanks, guys. We want to thank you for joining us tonight. We, uh, we of course, want to thank the band dads, like we mentioned. Thank you, Carson, for joining us now. And, uh, Pat, what else you got? I got nothing. We're back in a couple of weeks. We'll figure out something to talk to and talk about. Until then, thanks for tuning in. Carson, Mike, Lewis, thanks for coming over. It's good, good night, guys. Thank thanks you, everyone. guys.